want to greet everybody today in the name of the Lord Jesus. It's Brother Eddie Thompson, and uh, I know usually I'm doing uh, videos, like uh, Facebook videos or just videos to for ministry. But you know, God's God has let me know too that there is a uh, there's a podcast video, or it's not really video; it's just audios. And this is the first one I've done, so be much in prayer for me. But I got to thinking, you know, the other day, and I'm just going to get right into the Word here. I was thinking the other day, you know, about how that uh, when I used to work, do some work in the ambulance field and stuff like that, a lot of times when we would go and pick up a patient, you know, there's first things that we would look for. First of all, we had to make sure they were breathing and they had a heartbeat. But the next thing you look for is his bleeding. And bleeding is a very important thing because if you lose your blood or you bleed out, you know, it doesn't matter whether you're breathing or whether your heart's beating because it won't be after you bleed out. But, you know, and I was thinking here in Leviticus chapter 17. I'm going to go ahead and read this. Leviticus chapter 17 verse 11 says, For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls, for it is the blood that makes an atonement for the soul. We know that the life form or the life-giving element in our body is blood. And if that blood has no flow or if it's constricted, well, we know in the natural, if you have a restrict a constricted blood vessel or the blood blood flow is restricted to a certain part of your body, it begins to get cold. That within itself will preach. But I'm thinking like this, if if you take your hand and you would put uh, pressure just above your wrist, below your forearm, and you would hold pressure on there for so long, you would lose blood flow in your hand. And after a certain amount of time, that hand would start to become cold. And it's a lot of things in the natural that is absolute parallel in the spiritual. If you have a constricted blood flow, well, you begin to grow cold. And I know you know where I'm coming with this. But I want to talk to you this evening just for a little bit. And I'm going to try to hurry through as quick as I can. You know, and try to be calm. You know, maybe in an audio recording, I can just not worry about what I look like and actually get down into the teaching part of the Word. But first of all, concerning constricting spirits, I want to uh, give you Webster's definition of the word constrict. The word constrict means to make something narrower, smaller, or tighter. To become more narrow, smaller, or tighter. And the third one says to prevent or keep something or someone from developing freely. So if there's a constriction, then it's cutting off a supply of something that's needed somewhere else. And I want to talk to you just for a second about a snake. I know a lot of people don't know um, a whole lot about snakes. Myself, I can't stand them. But I do have some friends that's had snakes before, pythons, boa constrictors, and that sort of snake. And I asked a friend one time, I said, what is it about that snake? And I didn't know this at the time. I said, what is it about that snake that when it wraps its coils around you, that kills you? They said, oh, it suffocates them, smothers them to death. 
I thought, oh, okay, you know, that's what I've always thought, you know, and, and you may not know it at this point either, but when I was studying this message, I was thinking along the lines of what a constrictor snake does. So I will read this article to you here. A constrictor snake says the snake initially strikes its prey and holds on. It pulls the prey into its coils. In the case of a very large prey, it pulls itself onto the prey. The snake will then wrap one or two coils around the prey. The snake will monitor the prey's heartbeat. Now listen to this. The snake will monitor the prey's heartbeat to ascertain when it's dead. Contrary to myth, the snake does not crush the prey or break its bones. Also contrary to previous belief, the snake does not cause suffocation by constricting the victim, but instead a study of death caused by boa constrictors showed that constriction shuts off blood flow and therefore oxygen needed by vital organs such as the heart, brain, you know vital organs which could lead to unconsciousness and death very quickly in seconds. In other words, constriction can interrupt blood flow and overwhelm the prey's unusual blood pressure and circulation artery pressure drops, vein pressure increases, blood vessels begin to close, the heart does not have enough strength to pump against the pressure, and the blood flow stops. Internal organs with high metabolic rates including the brain, liver, the heart, they all begin to stop and die due to ischemia, which is a loss of oxygen and glucose. In other words, the constrictor snake does not kill you by suffocation it stops the blood flow. Now I know many times we talk about, you know, we've heard people talk about different kinds of spirits of the demonic realm and there are many different demonic spirits and spirits and many people don't don't even know what they're up against because we go into it blindly or ignorantly. That's why we need to read and pray and study and, and know the scripture because then we'll know what we're up against whenever this enemy comes in. Because my Bible teaches me that when the enemy comes in like a flood, that the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. So, uh, and like I said earlier, Leviticus 17.11 talks about the life of the flesh is in the blood. God said, I've given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls. For it's the blood that makes atonement for your souls. And where there is no blood flow, there is no life. When the blood stops flowing, death occurs. And that's in a natural as well as in the spiritual. So I wanted to kind of hit along that for you. The enemy wants to stop the blood flow in your life. He wants to kill you. He wants to stop the move of God that the Holy Ghost has anointed you to do. Okay, what's squeezing the life out of you? I've got a few things jotted down here. And just in case you don't know what we're dealing with as far as spirits, I'm going to go over a few of them. i got several of them. I'm not going to go into detail on all of them because several of them could be preached as a complete different message within itself but uh, number one is spirit of addiction very popular spirit right now in the world in the day that we're living in what is a spirit of addiction it says according to the spiritual model a disconnection from God causes addiction this separation causes people's suffering because they fail to live according to God's will or direction therefore Recovery consists of establishing or re-establishing a connection with God. See, as long as you're in connect with God and you're intertwined with Him and Him and you, you're going to be fine. 
as long as God is controlling you. But when you give in to uh, an addiction or an addictive spirit, that spirit controls you and you no longer have control. It takes a reconnecting or a reestablishing a connection with God that you once had. And if you're one of the people that's never had a connection with God, the only way to break the stronghold of addiction is to get a connection with God. Read your Bible. I've always said, I pray, read your Bible, go to church, witness. And I know the pandemic's got a lot of us, like myself, stricken down now to where we can't go to church like we want to. That's the reason for things like this right here. I'm going to get the word out through uh, podcast audio and maybe do some videos from time to time. But okay, a second spirit here is depression or anxiety. That seems to be another spirit. People don't realize that these are spirits. It's like a computer. If you get a brand new computer and you keep putting uh, different programs on your computer, your computer eventually is going to get weighted down. It's going to get to the point to where it can't handle the load anymore and the computer crashes. A lot of them is called computer viruses. A lot of the, when you, when you have a computer that gets overwhelmed and the memory gets bad, it crashes or it slows down to the point to where it can't go anymore. And it's the same thing with anxiety and depression. If you're experiencing prolonged periods of depression, then uh, let's say longer than three months, then it's likely that an evil spirit has attached itself to you, just like a program or a virus attaches itself to a computer. Your mind has a compass needle. It's capable of pointing in any direction. It can point, to point up towards heaven or it can point down towards hell. Just like the hand of a watch, it can spin and stop in any direction. When you're depressed, your compass needle is constantly pointing at one spot in hell. When your mind persists in that direction, then evil spirits from that direction will resonate with your mind's vibration and try to possess you. See, there's things people don't understand. And I know, like I said, this is, some of this stuff is deep. And I'm not going to go into deep because you can go into um, demon spirits of... Uh, of uh, anxiety and demon spirits of addiction and preach a whole message on them. I'm just touching on a few of the spirits that the devil tries to throw at us. The third spirit here is a spirit of deception. In our day and age right now, you see a lot of false doctrine, deceiving spirits. Jesus even told about it in Matthew 24, talking about many shall come in my name, saying, I'm Christ and shall deceive many. You know, but we're not to look to those people. That's another, and I, you're going to hear me say this over and over again. That's why it's so very vital and very important to know the Word. Don't just read it. Get it. Get the Word. Get in the Word and get the Word in you to where it becomes your second nature. You might think, well, Brother Eddie, when I get placed with a certain, or I get placed under a certain, uh, certain thing in my life, I respond to it by natural responses. And when you become in the Word and the Word becomes in you, then you're going to respond according to the word rather than to according to the flesh. Can't stress enough how important it is to read your Bible. Not just read it, but get it in you. Because he said, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Another scripture, he said, Thy word, Lord, have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. If they would come and take Bibles away from us. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm not saying it can't, it's not going to happen. The way this government is we're under now, it's hard to tell what from one week to the next what they're going to do. But if they would come and take the Word of God from us, do we have enough of that Word in us to suffice us? That's a question that you know we all need to be uh, asking ourselves. See, a spirit of deception, is an, it's, it is an act or statement 
which misleads, hides the truth, or promotes a belief, concept, or idea that's not true. It's often done for personal gain or advantage. Deception can involve propaganda, sleight of hand, and as well as a distraction, camouflage, or a concealment. Don't let your right hand know what your left hand's doing and vice versa. Um, you know, people look at you and make you think that they're your friend when all alone they have a ulterior motive. And you know, they could be operating under a spirit of deception. Not just friends, but uh, spirits. You know, if you don't know who you are in Christ, you could be hearing a, a, a spirit of deception and think that you're hearing a, a good spirit. And it's, it's not. It's a spirit of deception. Again, I go back to getting the Word inside of you, knowing the Word. Okay, and another spirit is a lying spirit. See this even in church. I mean, it's sad, but it's true. A lying spirit. It's defined by what it glorifies and defends. <laughs> a lying spirit is a well-thought, thought-provoking look at a fascinating and immediately applicable subject. A lot of people, well, I heard one, one person, a preacher was preaching one time, and he said that he was talking to a person about a lie, and he said that, said that man told him, he said, preacher, he said, I can tell a lie. He said, and I can't control it. He said, he said, I'll tell a lie when the truth would suit better. And he said, you know, the preacher told him, said, you ain't got a problem, you have a spirit. And then, well, one way to get rid of that spirit the blood of Jesus, the name of Jesus, and the power of the Holy Ghost. That's it. That's the only way to get through it. But, you know, that's what we deal against. That's what we're up against. We, we, these spirits are real, folks. And when people don't realize what they're up against and what they're dealing with, you know, you get deceived. And, again, that goes back to the spirit of deception. Number five is the spirit of lust. And that's self-explanatory. You don't even have to read the definition of the word of lust. The Word of God says over in a first or second John, talking about the Spirit that said, uh, "Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world, but all that's in the world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life." I had a preacher tell me one time. He said, "All the sins known to human humanity is categorized in one of those three categories: the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life." First, I kind of was hesitant about agreeing with that, but then I got to reading about it and studying about it. You know, the lust of the flesh, that's lust in general. The lust of the eyes, you know what it is to look at something and lust after it, and the pride of life. Just something to think of. That's another, that's another message within itself. And here's a, here's a spirit that I think, you know, it attaches itself to a lot of church people. Now, I'm not going to say the true body of Christ and the true kingdom citizens. Because, again, if you're in the Word and the Word's in you, it's going to be hard to fool you in the Spirit. But this Spirit that I'm talking about here is a Spirit of unbelief. It said there were two Spirits that marveled Jesus. One was the Spirit of unbelief, and the other was the Spirit of faith. And really, you're operating in one or the other. Those are the two Spirits that operate in the lives of human beings all the time. you either operating in faith, or you're operating in no faith, which is unbelief. Then Jesus even went to one city, and the Bible says that he could do no he could do no marvelous works in that city except for save a few sick folk. Why? Because of their unbelief. God will not bless over unbelief. You know, people talk to me about how do you know the Bible's true? How do you know this? How do you know that? 
And I'm like, well, I know it by faith. And he said, yeah, but how do you know it? I said, by faith. See, my definition of the word faith is F-A-I-T-H, forsaking all, I trust him. And fear is the opposite of faith, which is F-E-A-R, false evidence appearing real. That's just Eddie Thompson's definition of, of fear and faith. And it's it's just the way I look at things. You know, we we are to uh, we are to have faith. You know, every every man has a matter a measure of faith given him, but there are one of the spiritual gifts, one of the nine spiritual gifts, even I think is is uh, one working faith or the gift of faith. You know, and that's the, that's the kind that we need to be praying about. There's many more spirits here, but I'm not going to go over all of them. Uh, there's many spirits that are considered constricting spirits, binding spirits, smothering spirits, squeezing the life out of people. Spirit of bondage. What's bondage mean? Anguish, bitterness, oppression, depression. Enslaved or addicted to something like alcohol, sex, drugs, or tobacco. Another one is a spirit of heaviness, depression. That's what we done went through. A spirit of infirmity frailness, weakness, cold, flu, fever, infection, sick all the time, allergies. That's an affliction. It's in the spirit of infirmity. Spirit of fear. It's what we talked about. False evidence appearing real. Tormenting, trembling, dead, phobias, fear of death, fear of insanity, fear of suicide. Suicide is another spirit. Nightmares, hypochondriac, anxiety, panic attacks, fear in their eyes. You can see it in them. It's a spirit that attaches itself to people. You know, and then he's not given us the spirit of fear, but he's given us the spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. Huh. You got witchcraft spirits. And a lot of people don't realize that they're doing this. Horoscopes, going to hypnotists, magicians, palm readings, tarot cards, false religions, rebelliousness, rebelliousness manipulating spirits, hatred for God. I mean, it's it's everywhere, you know, and, and if we're not careful, we can fall into the trap of the enemy who is really trying, what the Bible says is the thief cometh not but for to steal, kill, and destroy. Scripture says that Jesus said, I come, I'm come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. He don't call you to live in spirit of fear and he don't call you or us to allow these demonic strongholds or these spirits of, of uh, these constricting spirits to attach themselves to us because once they attach themselves to us just like that snake they begin to squeeze the life out of us and if we don't shake them off in the name of Jesus through the power of the Holy Ghost and the blood of Christ then they'll they'll defeat us you'll not beat an, a, an evil spirit or any kind of uh, evil entity in yourself you'll not do it it takes the blood it takes the blood of Jesus Christ and that's why the constricting spirits want to attach themselves to you because they want to stop the flow of that blood. They want to stop the move of God in your life. The devil don't care about me. He doesn't care about you. He cares about the call in your life. He cares. We don't care about him. You don't care about any of them. But he's not worried about us. He's not concerned with the person. He's concerned with the anointing and the mantle that God has placed within each one of us. He does not want he does not want to do good. He wants to stop the blood flow. He wants to put a stop to the blood flow in your life because of the anointing that you are carrying. Amen. There's more spirits here. 
you know, and I'm going to touch on this one, and a lot of people might get upset, and that's fine in this politically correct world that we're living in, but I'm going to touch on it anyway. Number one is the spirit, when we was talking about the spirit of lust, I'm going to go and go, go with one here concerning the spirit of lust. Listen to some of the things that the spirit of lust entails. Obsessed with sex, promiscuity, adultery, seducing spirits, <laughs> laughing at dirty jokes. See, things like that you don't think... You, you, I wish I had two hours to go into that one. I'll have to come back to that some other time. And here's, here's one called an effeminate spirit. Effeminate spirit. I'm not going to tell you what it is. I'm going to give, if you're listening to this, I'm going to give you a, a word to go look up and, and maybe get back with me on it at some point. Effeminate spirit. Effeminate spelled E-F-F-E-M-I-N-A-T-E. Effeminate spirit. And it's Romans chapter 1 verse 27 is referenced. That word. You, you, you need to go look this up. It's a good study tool for you. But I'm going to read this on it. It's a gay... Sexual perversion, lesbianism, homosexuality, bisexual, transvestite, gossip, jealous, anger, speaks feminine, speaks as a feminine. That don't mean that that a, a if you're a woman that you're having a feminine spirit because you're a female, but if you're a male and you have feminine tendencies and feminine uh, if you present yourself as feminine according to Romans 1 27 that's not a good thing but like I said I'll leave it at that I want you to go and dig that word out let's see spirit of jealousy yeah that's that's another one spirit of jealousy murder anger rage envy hate covetousness you know and uh, it's just it's it's this world is full of it right now. And I could read this whole thing here and go on and on and on, but I'm not going to do that. But it's just something that we need to read and study on. Okay, let's see here. Talking about that spirit of Python that we were kind of or constricting spirit. See, you know they call it spirit of Python. But it's really a constricting spirit. The Bible doesn't say anything about a python spirit. But, you know, a lot of people talks about the spirit of python. That's what they're talking about. They're talking about the constricting spirit that wants to squeeze the life out of you. See, a transferring spirit. Just like the anointing of the Holy Ghost is tangible. That means it's transferable. That's why we lay hands on people if we're anointed the Holy Ghost to do so. That's why we pray over prayer cloths. That anointing is tangible or transferable. Well, there's such thing as transferring spirits. Any evil spirit that can transfer to you from something or a person. These are not all the spirits, just some of the most prevalent transferring spirits. So when we look at these spirits, we see every one of them in unbelievers throughout the world. Recently, there was someone talking about the Antichrist spirit in some people. That's also is an atheist. That the spirit, that spirit is just to go against God no matter what. If God says it's red, they'll say it's blue. If God says it's white, they say it's black. That's 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 another spirit. 
So what do these do? What do these constricting spirits do? How do you know whether or not you, you or a friend or a loved one may be um, dealing with a constricting spirit? Here's some symptoms, just minor things to, to watch for. Lethargy. You feel like, you know, they live a defeat, they're just, just defeated all the time. Lethargic. Hopeless. Poverty. Sense of power, powerlessness. No, no power. Sense of limitation. You know, I can only do so much and, you know, you're feeling trapped. You feel barricaded. Feeling paralyzed or not motivated. Procrastination. Lack of focus. Lack of ambition. Indifference. Apathy. Consistent weariness. Doom and gloom all the time. Suicidal thoughts. Isolation. Depression. Now listen to these three. Inability to pray. Inability to worship. Inability to study the Word of God. If you are down and out to the point to where you can't pray, or you're down and out to the point you can't worship, or you can't read and study the Word of God, you need to get with somebody that's full of the Holy Ghost, somebody that knows how to get a hold of the horns of the altar and reach the throne of God, and absolutely don't get up from praying until you feel the burden lifted. These are dangerous things, folks, and we need to know this stuff. We need to... We really need to we need to be serious about this because we're living in trying times right now. I'm gonna, I'm going to eventually do a message on the, the times that we're living in. I've got a, some of it put together and some of it <laughs> you know it's it's really the day that we're living in and these spirits that are you know at work in the world today. Listen to this one it says you feel inferior to people. You dislike yourself. You feel like you're a disappointment. You feel like you're a loser. You don't feel like you're loved. You know God loves you, but you can't relate to it. You're talented and you're intelligent, but you're overlooked by people. You do great things, but it don't amount to much. You strive to put your gifts to use, but you don't get very far. And though you're mostly a positive person, you have a lot of moments of severe negativity. Now, I'm I'm just telling you if you if you know of any of this stuff right here in your life or in a friend's life, you need you something needs to be done and something needs to be done quick because the the enemy is trying to he's trying to wrap himself around you and wrap another coil on another coil until he squeezes and squeezes and squeezes until the blood flow stops. Yes, it's a it's a bad time that we're living in, but we even in bad times we serve a good God <laughs> amen many people who live inundated lives with characteristics listed above they also oftentimes find themselves physically ill with like hyperthyroidism adrenal fatigue heart disease clinical depression diabetes more etc the constricting spirits or the python spirit is not stupid the enemy knows that he can bring people to illness through all these afflictions that I've just told you about. Because not only will the victim be emotionally and mentally and spiritually impotent, but their physical body will literally be to the point to where you feel like you're incapacitated. Make matters worse, people are the ones who spend years going to doctors and saying they don't feel they don't feel well, but they never get the right diagnosis of why they don't feel good. They'll take B12 shots or they'll take iron supplements or you might have a low cortisol, cortisol levels. And, you know, 
just a few examples that would have helped people to feel better so that they might feel like they're fueled up more for victory. Read down here where this says, is these impairments of the physical body can help the python spirit maintain his hold on the most devout Christian and keep them going in endless circles of struggle. So, I'm going to read this one right here to you. Who the constricting spirit or the python spirit targets. Now listen to this. Some people are chosen by God for purposes that pose a threat to the kingdom of darkness. But people aren't typically born with power from on high to do the darkness damage. They have to find and possess God's truths. The enemy knows this, so their job the enemy knows this, so their job is to keep them from discovering that power of God. They especially have to shield them from experiencing the love of God so that so that they won't trust him deep down. They have to invoke distress on the chosen so that they're dazed and confused and wondering why the promises of God are lost to them, even though they're not lost. The greater the call, the more defined and meticulous the dark kingdom sets up in that person's life, beginning at their birth, to interfere, violate, disillusion, confuse, and defeat that person in as much as they can according to the legal ground they already have through the forefathers. You can be sure you are chosen for a purpose that's threatening to the kingdom of darkness if you're a seer. Now, what do you see? You have dreams, visions, and you, you discern spirits. Number two, you're a hearer. You have dialogue with God. You hear word from God. You get download-type revelation, and you have an inner knowing. And number three, long to help people, feed the hungry, long to minister somehow, long to prophesy, and long to see the power of God loosed. Now, if you fit in one of those three categories, then you're a target. And believe me, I can testify what I'm talking about. And I'm going to say this, and then I'm going to close but uh, April the 2nd, I believe it was, 1970, my mother went into hard labor, was in labor. I'm not sure exactly how long she was in labor. She was in labor for a long time. And on into the, the next day, which was April the 3rd of 1970, they took her in to do emergency surgery and said the baby is already dead and they have to do major or they have to do surgery to save the mother's life the umbilical cord of the baby was wrapped around that baby's neck and had cut off its circulation I want you to hear this we're talking about a constricting spirit the enemy tried to use the umbilical cord of that mother around that baby's neck and the baby was dead the baby was born dead face was already blue and there was a man by the name of Alvy Gibson that prayed and prayed and prayed until he felt heaven come down. And the next word he got is that the mother and the baby were both doing fine. That baby, this coming April the 3rd, will be 51 years. And I was that baby. So I know what I'm talking about when I said that the enemy targets you from day one. The enemy knew way back when that the anointing of the Holy Ghost was going to flow through this person. And I'm not saying it to brag and saying it to boast. I'm saying it to glorify God. 
the enemy cannot put a stop to what God has ordained. And I don't care if people don't believe in you. Let me testify to you. If people don't believe in you or you feel like you, you're not reaching anybody, you keep pressing because somebody's listening to you. Somebody out there hears you. And you just keep saying what God puts on your heart to say. You keep doing what God has called you to do and what you know in your heart that you have to do for the kingdom of God. You keep pressing. You keep moving. You keep marching. And I promise you, it may not pay off tomorrow or the next day, but eventually you're going to see the results. And it's everything that you've went through. And well, I'll say it this way. Everything that I've went to up, to up through this point, up to this point in my life, is worth it. When somebody comes to you and say, Eddie, I don't know what I would have done if, if you hadn't ministered to me. And I, again, I'm not bragging or boasting. I'm just saying, you know, when you're called, you know, that's that's the thing. When you're called to do a work, God will anoint you to do it, but you have to allow him to do it. Now, we're looking around around 33 minutes now, and I kind of, I don't want to lose people's attention because I know, but I hope that somebody that hears this um I pray, it's my prayer that, you know, God has spoke to you through it, and I hope it's helped somebody. And I'm going to say this one more time before I before I uh, pray. Um, do these four things, and you won't backslide. Number one, pray. Number two, read your Bible. Number three, go to church. And number four, witness. See, because a praying person don't backslide. A praying person that reads their Bible don't backslide. A praying person that reads their Bible and goes to church does not backslide. A praying person that reads their Bible goes to church and, and witnesses and shares their faith with others, you don't backslide because you're always busy doing the work of the kingdom. I love you today, friend, and I hope you've got something out of this. And uh, Until we do the next video or next audio podcast, whatever it's called, I want to pray over you before we leave, and and I want to, I just, let's just go ahead and pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, right now, God, I pray, Lord, that the Holy Ghost will visit wherever they're at right now. Maybe somebody's driving, maybe somebody's sitting in their home, maybe somebody's in their office, wherever they may be, God. Let the anointing of the Holy Ghost, God, flow into their life right now. Speak to their spirit, Lord, and speak to their hearts, God. I pray more than anything, Lord, if somebody hears this that don't know you, that they will come to know you, Jesus, before it's everlasting too late, God. And, Lord, that they can realize all they have to do is acknowledge that they're in need of a Savior, believe that God raised you from the dead, and confess with their mouth, Lord, A, B, C, simple steps, Lord. All they have to do is call on you and say, God, I'm a sinner. I need you, Lord. I've messed up. I've made a mess of my life. I've done this. I've done that. God, please forgive me. Please cleanse me with your blood and make me whole. Make me a new person in Christ Jesus. And if they'll just do that, God, and pray it and believe it, and according to your word, Lord, they'll be saved. So, Father, I pray that you go out to them people right now that the spirit of uh, constricting spirits may be may be harassing them spiritually Lord may be trying to get them down Father I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you would release them by the anointing of the Holy Ghost Father and in the name of Jesus God I pray for that person right now in Jesus name Amen 
Friend, I hope you got something out of this today, and I look forward to more of these. And uh, like I said, I've had a lot of time alone with God, and I've had a lot of time for praying, a lot of time for reading, and a lot of time for hearing a word from the Lord. So I look forward to it. You be blessed in the name of Jesus.